Okay, let's look at our scripture, which can be found at the back of the bulletin. And I'm going to read this scripture, and then I am going to preach this sermon as Elizabeth. This is Elizabeth, who is the wife of Zechariah, the mother of John the Baptist. If you'll remember last week, Zechariah was told by the angel uh, Gabriel that he was going to, he and his wife were going to have a child even in their old age. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Now in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she explained with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. The word of the Lord. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm pleased to have the opportunity to tell you how God has worked in my life. Everyone has a story, you know, and our story is for ourselves, but it's also for those who are around us. Perhaps you have a story of how God has weaved his grace throughout your life. He certainly has in mine. I want to tell you my story, starting in the beginning. I was born the daughter of a priest in the hill country of Judah. I lived a normal life uh, except for the fact that my father was the town priest. So there was only so much that I could get away with. But it must have not been too bad because I ended up moving from being a daughter of a priest to a wife of a priest. Even worse, his name was Zachariah. I remember when I first saw him. He was training to be a priest, and I immediately was taken with him. While other of my friends were looking for men who were wealthy or men who had uh, great businesses or reputations, I was interested in somebody who loved God and who wanted to follow and serve him with all of his heart, and that was Zechariah. And Zechariah chose me, and I was betrothed to him. And after about a year, I moved in with Zechariah. It was our greatest desire to begin a family of our own, to have our own place. And so it was disconcerting to me when I did not become pregnant in the beginning. Some of my friends, they would only have to look at their husbands and they would get pregnant. But not me. The older women, they came to me and they said, don't worry. Sometimes, for some people, it takes a little while. But the months rolled into years. One year, then two years, then five years, and still no child. I would go over to my friend's house and see their little children running around them and then come back to my house. There were many, many dark nights of the soul for me. 
Did not God say to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it? And I was woman, named after Eve, which means life, and yet I was not bringing forth life. Zechariah tried to console me. He said, I love you, Elizabeth. You're worth to me more than 10 children. But it wasn't enough. I prayed and I prayed, and yet no child came. There were whispers in the community. In my culture, it was a disgrace not to bear children. There was no science back then. If there was no child that came forth, it was not the man's fault, it was the woman's fault. And they believed that it was the condemnation of God when you did not get pregnant. Now, Zechariah was a priest and was a holy man. So when people looked at us as a couple, they truly said in their mind, it can't be Zechariah. And so they glanced at me. When, when I wasn't around, they had a word to describe me. In Hebrew, it's akarah, which means barren. Can you imagine when people look at you and think that you're dead inside? Perhaps their comments were accurate, for I felt dead inside. I don't know if you can relate to me or not. Perhaps you've had in your life a deep desire that goes unanswered. Whether a desire for a child or losing a child, a desire to be married, maybe to be freed from some illness, and you pray and you pray and nothing comes. It leaves an emptiness inside of you. Well, the years turned into decades, and I was forced to accept the fact that there would be no child for Zechariah and I. I was forced to acknowledge that, God, your ways are above my ways, and I do not, I do not understand what you are doing. The dream died within me. Now, they say that time heals all wounds. I don't think that's true. But I do think that time softens wounds. See, I asked God to fill this emptiness, emptiness in my heart with a child. But rather, over the years and decades, he filled it instead with himself. See, not having a child brought shame upon my life. And I had to rely on God. And God became my honor. Not having a child brought great sorrow in the midst of my life, but it was God in those quiet moments and in the night who consoled me, ultimately giving me a deeper joy in the midst of my sorrow. As I look back upon my life, I realized that God was carving out a space for himself. Perhaps if I had gotten all that I wanted, I wouldn't have been satisfied with God. Well, let me fast forward you to the time when Zachariah and I were both old. Zachariah had two great hopes, he told me later, to have a child and also to be selected to burn incense in the temple. Zachariah was a priest, and not being high priest, the greatest honor that any priest could have was to be selected to go into the holy place and to burn incense, which represented the prayers of the people, right in front of the curtain of the cherubim. And they would waft up to God. 
But Zechariah was old and he had been passed over again and again. It was done by lots. His chances were coming to an end. But happily, God had mercy and grace upon us. He was chosen to burn incense. Our friends were ecstatic. They knew how much pain that we had suffered by not having a child. And so the day came and we went to the temple. Zechariah looked fantastic in his priestly robes. And he took the bowl of incense and he smiled at me and walked into the temple. Now he told me it was going to take about 30 minutes. And so we all took our positions to pray along with the priest for Israel. Well, 30 minutes passed and there was no Zechariah. 45 minutes passed and I began to feel a pit in my stomach. Maybe it was too much on his old heart. Maybe he had collapsed. Maybe he was dead inside the temple. As a wife, my heart went all of those places. One hour passed. I was biting my tongue, telling the priest that they needed to go in and to check on my husband when Zachariah staggered out and his face was like a ghost. The head priest went to Zachariah and they said, What happened? But it was like he didn't hear them. He started trying to speak to them, but nothing came forward. And then he started waving his hands like a crazy man trying to explain what had happened to him. But nothing came out. And then he saw me. He looked at me like he never had looked at me before. Something that was a combination of fear and joy at the same time. I didn't know whether to cry or to scream. It was clear that Zechariah had seen something in the temple, but he couldn't or wouldn't say what it was, for he had been struck both deaf and mute. After a while, the priests told me to take him home and care for him, that maybe he would snap out of it. But my fear as I took Zechariah home was what if this was permanent? Not only no children, but struck by God as well. When we got home, I thought Zachariah would go to bed, but he didn't. He kept staring at me. I said, what? What is it? But he couldn't hear me. And then he would try to speak, but he could not. He was trying to tell me something, but he couldn't or he wouldn't. He was scaring me. So I finally said, tell me, Zechariah. And I handed him a clay tablet and a piece of chalk. And he wrote down these words. You are going to have a baby. Part of me wanted to say, don't joke, Zechariah, at a time like this. But it was clear that he wasn't joking. So I looked at it and I looked at him and I said, why? And he wrote down, Isaiah 43. Now I knew this passage and it said a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. It was a prophecy that one would come to pave the way for the Messiah who was to come. Well, what did that have to do with anything? So I said, Zechariah, what are you saying? And then he wrote down another verse. Malachi 4, 5. 
See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. I was mystified. Zechariah, what does that have to do with us? He pointed at that verse, and then he pointed at my belly, and the room began to swim. What Zechariah was saying was that I was going to have a son. And not only was I going to have a son in my old age, but that he would be the greatest of men, the one who would come before the Lord, heralding and proclaiming the Son of God. The seeds of doubt grew in my heart instantly. We're so old. How can we have a child now? I've waited so long. I've put to bed that dream, and you're bringing it forth now. And yet, Zechariah was so sure. We held each other long into the night, scared and hopeful at the same time. Well, time will only confirm or deny such a prophecy. And so I remember the first time I woke up in the morning, nauseous. And then the next morning, and the next morning, as my body began to change and add weight, and finally a small bump started to become evident in my body, and I knew. And I praised God. The Lord has done this for me. In these days, He has shown His favor and taken away my disgrace from the people. Zechariah and I rejoiced and danced in our house as we thought about this little one who is coming. And I thought, why? Why me, God? From what I knew of God, this didn't make sense. I needed to ponder this. And so I spent my first five months of my pregnancy in seclusion. It's the exact opposite of what you would expect, right? People hide themselves in disgrace. And yet I knew that this was a gift from God, not only for the world, but for me. And so I chose to enjoy it and to ponder it with God and Zechariah. God made Zechariah to be silent and not to hear. And I would voluntarily do the same. And as I thought about this great gift, I thought of the name that God wanted us to give our son, John which means God is gracious. I knew I didn't deserve this great gift of a son, nor that he would be the greatest of all men. But grace is not about me. It's about him. It's not about my righteousness, but it's about his. The fact that he delights to love us in spite of ourselves. And it was clear to me that God was speaking His grace into my life, that He was showing me the gospel in the way He cared for me and my son. Well, it was the sixth month of my pregnancy, and I started to receive visitors. All my friends couldn't believe it. Old Isabel, uh, Elizabeth having a child, and Zachariah was the man of the town. He would walk around, and everyone would start patting him on the back, 
as if he had done something. Men. I was doing chores at my house when I heard a voice. My relative Mary, a young slip of a girl from Bethlehem. What a joy, I thought, to see her. And as I turned to greet her, my baby John leapt in my stomach, almost like he was going to come out of my mouth. And I was filled instantly then with the Holy Spirit. And I knew, and I knew as surely as I knew everything, that this was the mother of the Messiah. God in the flesh had come into the house of Zechariah and myself. And almost involuntarily, I spoke up and I said, Blessed are you among women, Mary, and blessed is the child inside of you. She wasn't even showing, you see. She hadn't said a word to anyone. And yet I knew as clear as the day that she was the mother of God. And I felt joy that the Messiah had come and she had chosen my relative, Mary. And I also felt honor. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? I meant it. God had been so good to me, and this too, what role could I play that God would send Mary here? Mary was mystified at how I knew all these things, and I said to her, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. How was it that my baby knew? I recognized at that time that this was my son's role, to recognize and to draw our attention to the Messiah. Even in my womb, and even with Jesus hidden in the womb of Mary, he knew and he showed me. I was so proud of my son that day. I might not live to see him minister as an adult, but I saw him minister right then. Another gift from God. Mary answered the question. The angel told me that you were pregnant. And I came because I had to see. I had to know. And I knew that I was the proof that God had given to Mary. And she sang and praised God right then and there. And I marveled in awe of this brave young woman. Over the next three months, Mary would stay with me, and I would come to learn why she had come. I started to see the heavy burden this young woman would bear. She had told no one, for who would understand? She was betrothed. How would Joseph, her fiancé, believe her? Who would be there to believe her and encourage her? The answer was me. I believed and knew the truth, as did Zechariah. But she needed a woman at that time. And I was pregnant, and so was she. And over the next three months, I ministered to Mary. And I began to see how God had worked in my life so I could be there for Mary. Mary said to me in private, all will look to me. 
look at me and say that she was not faithful. They'll think something's wrong with me, that I will be a disgrace. And I was able to say to Mary, I know what that feels like. For decades they looked at me, condemning me, that I had done something wrong. It's a gift of God. God was there for me, Mary. And he will be there for you as well. When Mary would come to me and say, how can I raise the Son of God? I'm just a child. I'll never be enough. I would say to her, oh Mary, look at me. I'm old. And yet I'm pregnant. What is impossible with man is possible with God. You believe that you're not enough as a woman. But God will be enough for you as he has been enough for me. And he will give you strength. But Mary said, I will be alone. My parents will disown me. My community will turn their back on me. My fiance will divorce me. Oh, Mary, all those decades that I experienced, the emptiness in my heart, God filled with himself. And God will give you a deeper joy in the midst of your sorrow. For he will never leave you or forsake you. All of the lessons through the decades that God used in my life, I was able to give to Mary. For Mary and I were two sides of the same coin. I was old and she was young. She was at the beginning of her journey and I was at my end. She was in a place of honor headed toward disgrace and I was now in a place of disgrace headed toward honor. Her son was the Messiah and my son was the one who would proclaim hers. I know through God's grace that I was able to be a blessing to Mary and she was a blessing to me for she brought my Messiah near. The one who made me, knew me, and redeemed me. Mary was at the beginning of her journey. I had taken mine. But you're on a journey too, are you not? And God is just as much involved in your life as He is in mine. And His greatest desire, as He showed to me, as He showed to Mary, and as He showed the world through Jesus Christ, is to show forth His grace in your life. For God loves you and has redeemed you because of his love and grace. What is it that you need to let go that you can embrace God's plan for your life? Is it the hope of a child? Of one day being married? Of a healthy body? I believe that he wants to use you in other people's lives to herald the grace of God like he did for me and Mary. Who is it that maybe you can come alongside of in their time of sadness and sorrow and proclaim the joy of the world, Jesus Christ who has come to make everything sad untrue? Well, those three months passed and it was time for Mary to go back and it was time for John to come out. It was the moment of truth. And of course I was scared. I was old. 
But God's promises never fail. And God brought that little child out of my womb. And it was time to name him. My friends wanted to name him Zachariah. But I said, no, no. His name is John. And they said, there's no one with that name among your family. And they motioned to Zechariah, what do you want to call him? And instead of writing down on a tablet, he said, his name is John. God is gracious. And Zechariah began to praise God with a loud voice as his hearing and his voice was restored. God gave me back my husband, the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae of God's grace. Why did God bless me? Why does God bless you? Because he wants to. Because he loves you. Jesus is the grace of God incarnate. Well, that's my story. You have a story to tell as well. Seek deeply the grace of God. Go into seclusion for a while if you need to. But ponder the truth that Christ came into the world to save sinners. And there's no one too far gone, too empty in their hearts, that God cannot fill to the overflow with the riches of His grace. He did for me. And he will do for you as well. Let's pray. Oh God, you are close to the brokenhearted. You come near to those who are thirsty and hungry. For blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For you give it. Jesus, you are the righteousness of God. Come to take away our sins and to make us holy in your sight. Let us, like Mary and Elizabeth, ponder the truth, the reality that you have sent your Son into the world. We ask for your blessing upon us this Christmas season. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.